NASCAR bunker in Kyle's parents' basement, it's Turn the Radio Off with Mike Parsons and Kyle Bauer. Facebook.com slash TTRO show. Follow along on Twitter.com slash TTRO show or just listen right now. It's turn the radio off. I ain't watching two damn town halls, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot watch. I can't sit there for an hour and a half and watch one candidate on the stage bloviate and then switch my DVR and watch another one. In the interest of equal time, though, Trump has to have one, right? Isn't that the way that works? Or I, did he just screw himself out of a equal time debate? Well, I don't know because, um, you know, he threw, a, he threw a fit and he refused to um, participate in the scheduled debate um, on, on Thursday evening, which, look, I, I said, if I'm Joe Biden, I'm showing up to that debate. And then I'm having the stage all to myself, which kind of kind of seems to be what shook out for a second um, when ABC said they would uh, host a town hall with um, Joe Biden. And then um, on Wednesday morning, it was announced that NBC would have one at the same time for Donald Trump. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's an equal time thing or if NBC just saw a... Um, an opportunity for an event that'll get big ratings because Kyle, I got to tell you, I'm not a Trump voter, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm watching the Trump one because it's like a train wreck. You know, what the hell's going to happen? And Joe, Bi- sleepy Joe and, and Joe Biden, you know, uh, he's, he, he doesn't have the same train wreck watchability as Donald Trump, even if you don't care for him politically. Yeah. And I understand that, that he has that uh, really unflailing charisma that has just been amplified since he's been pumped full of, uh, re- what, what is that? Remdesivir. Uh, remdesivir <laughs> and whatever other steroid drug that uh, he's Reveron and, and well, I, I, would, I, I don't know. If we're going back to 2016, I would also guess bath salts, but that's just, that's just <laughs> speculation. I mean, he's been... He's been on another level that um, I, I always like hearing and reading about Nixon in his final days as president when he was apparently in a drunken stupor just plowing through bottles of cognac uh, that he enjoyed, I, I guess, with uh, peach rings and cottage cheese. I guess that was his preferred meal. Uh, some <laughs> uh, Cheese and wine with Spiro Agnew in the uh, Lincoln uh, parlor. That's one way to look at it, yes. A very broad interpretation. But I always enjoyed reading about Nixon's last strange days. And right now, I hope that's what we're seeing with Trump that he's in the last strange days of his presidency, and he's just pumped full of steroids, high as shit. He's dancing to the village people on stage, saying he's going to go out and kiss everyone. Leaving uh, leaving uh, dimes as tips at restaurants. <laughs> 
Dropping F-bombs on the Rush Limbaugh show, which, by the way, everybody, they caught it at the network, okay? I didn't miss it here on the local level, but thank you, everyone, for for bringing it to my attention. Anyway. I didn't even know that happened. He is on a roll right now. He is on a roll. And it, it, it scares me because, while I'm enjoying this from an entertainment aspect, this is like the sudden jolt of energy he has where he's clearly doped up. I'm I'm watching, like I I don't know why I read Twitter replies, what they're even there for, um, what value they truly hold. I don't know, but I read them uh, because I I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. And all the replies to videos of Trump dancing, no matter who posts the videos, whether it's it's a conservative pundit, liberal pundit, what have you, a lot of the replies are, oh, he's so energetic. I I really think he has his thing beat. God bless you, President Trump. Some would say manic, but okay. I, manic, I think, is the perfect word for it. Uh, he's he's cycling, Mike. He's cycling. That's what we used to call it back uh, when I worked in uh, social work, uh, when a someone was either uh, starting a new round of meds or off their meds for too long, and their behaviors would cycle. That's what Trump is going through right now. He's on the front end of a cycle. Whoa, I don't want to see the back end of it. You know who I am with with choosing the Donald Trump town hall over the Joe Biden town hall, even though I'm not voting for Donald Trump. You know who I am? Do you remember that scene in Private Parts, the, the Howard Stern biopic, where, oh, yes. they, where they say, hey, the people who like his show listen for, for an hour. The people who hate his show listen uh, for an hour and a half because they want to see what he's going to do next. I'm the people who hate his show watching for an hour and a half. Unfortunately, that's how this media has handled his presidency. They've amplified a lot of bad messages that he said. I mean, of course, I understand it's the president. You have to respect what he says just from the mere power of the position. At to the, a point, but at the same time, uh, with with some of the stuff that he's clearly said that's that's been BS over the past four years, five years, what have you, um, it took them too long to start putting fact checks on him. It took them way too long, and I think that's right, because, because because now now the fact checks don't matter because now, there's a, there's an emotional bond that he has made with with his voters by a. Um, quote-unquote dunking on people they dislike, and B, like I said, the old scare and save where, where he makes you afraid of a group of people and then he presents himself as the only um, um, safeguard against it. So at this point, facts don't matter. Oh, and by the way, that, that whole fake news conditioning, that was definitely by design. Yes, and it's worked. And the irony is that CNN is probably the biggest victim of it when early on they might have been his biggest enabler. People always talk about Fox News, and that's an easy one. They gave him, I I don't want to say billions, but they gave him millions of dollars worth of free airtime during the 2016 primary. They loved him in 2016, and Mike, it was was going... Because no one took him seriously. They're like, look at this buffoon out here. Look at this buffoon. He said something stupid. Um, We are going to broadcast every word that he says, and... Oops! Someone created a monster. Yeah. You can't put back uh, in the uh, in the in the lamp. Well, I'm mixing my metaphors, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah. You, Genie has escaped the lamp. You yes. can't put that Frankenstein back in the toothpaste tube. <laughs> so, so yeah. And it was it was the the Howard Stern theory that there's a lot of people who hate this guy, but there's also a lot of people who like him. Either way, you want to hear what he says next because he's on one and he's great for entertainment value and CNN lapped it up and they projected and amplified him out to everyone for from 2015 to 2016 he got more airtime than anybody on that station i don't have any way of confirming that i don't have any statistics in front of me but i can tell you if you go back in time he was on that station damn near 24-7, even more than Fox News. And, you know, he was on the traditional uh, media outlets as well because, like like we said, um, no one took him seriously at first. And so, um, you know, anytime he, he said or did something stupid, he was all over the place on, on even your NBC, your ABC uh, your CBS nightly newses is and what they would do in the interest of fairness they would play you know what Trump said or did and then they would play his his response thinking like oh look at this idiot um, we're, we're gonna kind of laugh at this uh, we're, we're gonna look back at this in uh, January of 2017 uh, after P- President Hillary Clinton's inaugurated and we're gonna laugh except what they did is they broadcast that message uh, they let Trump explained himself in his own words, and then when Trump didn't need him anymore, he started throwing out that fake news narrative. And and that's where we're at now, to the point where you you have a story like this Hunter Biden deal, mm-hmm. um, which really was the big breaking news of the day, where the Republicans, a la 2016 and Hillary Clinton's uh, email server, even though, of course, that was the FBI putting that out there, which is different. But still, they want to create that same last-minute feeling. It was right around this time, four years ago, where... Well, and before you get into your analysis, let's, let's kind of reset the story. From what I, I gather, um, Hunter Biden took his Apple, his Mac, to a computer repair store, which... What an idiot, because he, he should know who he is, and he should know the arena that his family's in. But, you know, he took his computer um, to a um, repair store, and um, on it he had a whole bunch of uh, text messages. He had emails. He had pictures of himself doing drugs in, in compromising positions, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, and so the, the computer repairman, uh, so he... he, he, he Took all this information, he gave it to the FBI, and then he gave it to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. And now it's coming out that um, there were a there. There's a couple of emails that say um, that 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 essentially the way um, Fox News and the way the New York Post has um, categorized it as the smoking gun um, emails between Hunter Biden and the CEO of Burisma the energy company that Hunter Biden uh, nepotismed his way into a, 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 a chairman position. Um, but um, there were emails between them saying that they set up uh, a meeting. And the reason this is controversial, because Joe Biden, even Joe Biden came out and he said that, um, you know, he did, he did a little, um, a little gamesmanship 
And um, he was going to give billions of aid to what, Ukraine or to Burisma? Which one? Ukraine. To Ukraine. But they had to fire the prosecutor that um, was investigating Burisma. And so now, essentially what this is, is th- is, is this um, alleged find um, validates Joe Biden's flex back when he was done being vice president and didn't think he was running for office anymore. Um, the, and, and so, you know, th- this kind of broke all over the place. Fox News and the New York Post were all over the story. And then you start seeing online that a lot of people are saying that Facebook and Twitter are throttling the story. And, of course, uh, you know, everyone thinks there's there's an agenda behind it. Um, Kyle, before we came on, I watched the NBC Nightly News. Uh, it wasn't on um, the Nightly News at all. And now a lot of these... Uh, Social media platforms and news organizations are saying that they can't verify this. If they can't verify it, they're not going to pick it up. And Twitter was ahead of the game when it came to um, filtering out false stories. Facebook uh, originally came out and said they weren't going to, but now they're playing catch-up. So Facebook, Twitter, and uh, I haven't heard from the news organizations per se, but Facebook and Twitter have both said they're not sure um, if this is true because they can't verify it. And I think you've got uh, a little more detail on that. Well, one thing that has been pointed out uh, on Twitter uh, that I've seen uh, come up in my feed and you know, damn it, I, I've been going back and, and searching for the original person who pointed it out because I, I want to give them credit for it for our three listeners. Uh, that, uh, But it was pointed out that one of the reasons why they're having trouble verifying this is that the screenshots of the emails clearly look doctored. And in the address lines, they're bracketed wrong as far as where the email addresses are placed. So that's why they're thinking that this was poorly doctored or poorly photoshopped or... Surely you're not telling me something Rudy Giuliani is mixed up in might not be above board. <laughs> so that's why I I saw this and I was thinking... Because I, I remember this coming up as kind of like a, a, a scandal that they were trying to push pre-COVID. An October surprise. Well, they were trying to push this pre-COVID, I remember. Oh, and then they then they hung on to it because COVID would have pushed it off their front page. Exactly. It's like they put it out there. It didn't really gain much traction. I remember a lot of people uh, on, the, on the left, because this was when the primaries were still going on, a lot of people uh, in Bernie Sanders' camp mm-hmm. were pointing to it to try to disqualify Biden. Isn't that funny that like the, the Bernie Sanders campaign – or even the Elizabeth Warren camp, any any legit Democratic primary challenger, um, they could take a lot of their research and just like sell it to the Trump campaign and if they wanted to. Yeah, you would you want to be you, you slap you slap uh, Bernie Sanders on it, you slap Donald Trump on it, you might not be able to tell the difference. Yeah, it's 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 really amazing how the game works, especially in the primary phase. And um, I, but I remember that at the time there there was a push saying okay. There's a, a smoking gun in Burisma that a large, large, large sum of money was withheld. That's the first time I've seen a billion dollars, though. I mean, even that kind of is a suspect number. Um, you know, it's let I, me double check that. I thought I thought Biden said it, but keep going. I, 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 
I, I'll fact check as you you uh, talk amongst yourself. Okay, all right, yeah, but uh, go back and fact check that for me. But uh, even then, I only remember hearing that it was a large sum of money, and I was thinking. You know, I was thinking, okay, well, this is something that's a little bit suspect. And again, you don't want any sort of compromised situation. But I think the context is different between, say, someone like Bernie Sanders trying to point this out as a potential smoking gun or a point of of contention as, you know, as opposed to Donald Trump. Is that Donald Trump is guilty of the exact same thing. Uh, This is what we call projection. It was a billion-dollar loan guarantee. It was a billion-dollar loan yes. guaranteed. Okay, not eight. All right, I got my words mixed up. Okay, thanks. So it was a billion dollars, but it wasn't eight. It was a loan. And the, the, the whole point is that even if this is the case, which I, I'm not above believing that Hunter Biden is into some shady business, uh, he looks like the most interesting man in the world for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like they could do a, a series of, of I, I'm, I'm going to give I know conservatives whenever they attempt comedy they fall flat on their face so I'm going to give them a free idea hey if you want to do the most interesting man in the world uh, parody but just parody him with, with Hunter Biden it'll and, be more it'll be funnier than the Amy Coney Barrett uh, blank notebook memes that people are putting, exactly. are, are, are circulating around yeah yeah I don't always give 12 women venereal disease but when I do <laughs> Well, here's the thing, Kyle. I'm assuming this is true, okay? I am assuming this is true. And with that being said, I don't think I don't think this is a deal breaker. No. I don't I don't think stuff like this is a deal breaker anymore, especially when Trump is the one accusing you of doing it. Right. And and, and I think what's happening and, and I don't know, you know, uh, I, since 2016, I can't I can't predict, I can't handicap anything that's going on politically. But number one, I think that this is a a little bit too complicated of a situation for people to get pissed off about about, unless they're looking to get pissed off, right? So, so like, the pro-Trump people, this just validates what they think of the Bidens. And the anti-Trump people, they're like, yeah, okay, well, the Bidens are shady, but it's nowhere near as, as bad as anything Donald Trump has done. And I think the people in between, you know, this this isn't really affecting their day-to-day life. Like, okay, yeah, like this was some shady shit, and somebody um, somebody uh, posted in the comments that Joe Biden has no business being president. And you're right. But you know what? <laughs> the other guy has less business being president. So people used to say, uh, vote the lesser of two evils. I'm going to vote the lesser of, of two none of your businesses. Uh, I think one way that this could truly backfire on Biden, and, and you got to think that they're going to build some cannon fodder to impeach Biden if he gets elected. Uh, sort of like... Uh, Taste of your own medicine. Exactly. Yeah. And and who plays the game better than Republicans, especially Senate Republicans? Yeah. 
No one. And that's why winning the majority is so important. Right. And then our, our very own Gary Peters is about to choke that away. Yep. And, um, you know, because another fat, lazy, complacent establishment Democrat. Well, and I got and, and to say, Kyle, if I didn't know that John James was going to be a rubber stamp for Donald Trump's agenda, if he's still in there. If you knew nothing about uh, uh, John James or Gary Peters, John James campaign is much better. He 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 had to have fired whoever was running his campaign. Was it 2016? 18. 2018. 2018, where um, you know there was that that uh, uh, commercial where there was a swastika on the. Uh, I mean, now what they do is they they have him looking like a very relatable, likable human being. There's in his. He'd make a great actor because everything he says sounds like he's talking off script. I mean the the um the commercial with his dad the the commercial of him in in Washington you know saying this is uh, your money here or the one where he's doing the training drills I'm like if I knew nothing about this guy I'm like yeah that's my dude yeah but I know too much about him and Peter sat back on his ass and 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 put himself in the position where now he's the vulnerable one but. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I saved the Great Lakes. Boring. Come on, Gary. <laughs> but all that aside, which, uh, I mean, that is something that genuinely troubles me. And, and and it troubles me because, again, we're probably going to have a case where the Republicans are going to try to come up with some kind of way to bring up uh, impeachment proceedings on Biden. And this could be the starting point. And this is assuming that Biden wins. Now... This is is where I began this topic at, and and I'll kind of circle it back. They're trying to conjure up the Hillary email server thing. Yep. That's exactly what this is. It worked for them as a Hail Mary in 2016. But her emails, but her emails part two, back in the habit. Yeah. (laughs) They're trying trying to conjure that up again, that last-second outrage. Catch people before they have time to let something fall out of the news cycle. The the problem is, though, they have the New York Post leading the quote-unquote investigation on this. And when has the New York Post been anything other than a racist tabloid? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know anything about the New York Post other than it's, it's Donald Trump's favorite newspaper. Well, I was going to say they love Donald Trump. Other than it's owned by News Corp, who also owns Fox News. They're famous for Page Six, which is their got celebrity gossip mm-hmm. page. And Donald Trump used to uh, uh, phone in phony tips about Donald Trump as John Barron. Just which should have been another red flag, and the problem is, is that the people from the New York Post know that Trump did this stuff, and they still like him. That didn't raise any red flags to them that this guy was a fucking psychopath. Maybe it sold newspapers. <laughs> I don't know. That's so, my guess. But prints are dead. So if you can get someone to sell one newspaper, I guess you're their bitch. But but no no, New York Post is is the ultimate schlock machine. Uh, uh, maybe other than another news court paper uh the the sun and the uk i mean those are both rupert murdoch mm-hmm. uh R- R- rupert murdoch papers and they're both known for being schlocky tabloid sensationalism racist sexist vile the new york post other than snappy headlines that every once in a while make you laugh if they're not too racist or too sexist or too homophobic every once in a while they have a good rhyme or they have a good pun and they make you laugh, okay? But but for the most part, 
The New York Post is trash. They're not a reputable source. And that's why no one, at least to this point, is taking this seriously. However, the Republicans have done such a good job of playing the game. And they're using this, in my mind, as kindling. And they're going to try to start a raging fire with this. Right. Well, and, and, and to your point, number one, what you're saying is that, that it doesn't matter if this, um, if this hurts Joe Biden on Election Day. This is looking past Election Day. I, I, I mean, I'm for the most part looking past Election Day. I don't think it'll hurt him. Do I think it's possible? Yes, because there are a lot of very stupid people who have enough pride to where they know that they shouldn't vote for Donald Trump, but they're looking for whatever excuse to vote for Donald Trump. Well, what, what, what else I was going to say um, was that it, it doesn't necessarily matter if this is fact-checked to be false later on because it's, it's out there. Yeah, people you know? have made up their, most people have made up their own minds, but there is a segment of people out there, such as was in 2016 with the email server with, with Hillary Clinton, that it, it worked on them. And and I don't exactly know if it's it. I really don't want to rehash his name, but I will just because he seems like the perfect personification of this. Um, Ken Bone, mm-hmm. okay, the Ken Bones of the world, who seem like they just fall for that shit. Yeah, well, you know, I I think in twenty sixteen, I don't know how much the Hillary Benghazi slash emails uh, narrative hurt. I feel like. What hurt her campaign more was taking her foot off the gas yeah. the last week. I mean, and look, Donald Trump, whoever on whoever was on his team was shrewd enough to say, hey, look, this battleground state's in play. Why don't you fly in for a late night rally just to make them feel important? Oh, yeah. Boom. He took Michigan. So, yeah. Pennsylvania, I, I, Ohio, Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. And Mike, for the most part, I agree with you. And I've never been one to downplay how horrible of a campaign mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton ran and how important it was that Trump uh, placated those Rust Belt states, those which ended up being swing states. Mm-hmm. Little did we know. Uh, I've never downplayed that. I'm just saying that there were enough people to wherever momentum or whatever turn or whatever votes it could get them, the race was close enough to where it had just a tiny enough of an impact. And, and real quick, just going back to the dual town hall debates, uh, a couple of points. Number one, I, I, I'm actually intrigued to see how Donald Trump and Savannah Guthrie, how they um, how they go back and forth, because, um, you know, Donald Trump, he went in there um, the first debate and his um, strategy was to bulldoze not only Joe Biden, but but Chris Wallace as well. And, um, you know, Kyle, I watch the Today Show every day. I, I like it feels like I'm waking up with friends. Uh, <laughs> so I've watched a lot of Savannah Guthrie tape. And for the most part, she's, you know, she, she, she's kind of like your quintessential cute, bubbly morning show personality. But she did used to be a lawyer. And I have seen her grill the shit out of people. So I actually think that if Donald Trump goes in there underestimating her, he's going to have a rough night because she she's tougher than um, she often portrays herself on the Today Show. There are so many people, though, who I have expected and hoped that would have maybe stood up to Trump in various situations and immediately 
back down. Yeah. So wait, so we'll we'll see what happens, and then you know, like I said, the Joe Biden will be a, be a snooze fest. I, I honestly, I think a lot of Biden voters are going to hate watch the Trump thing and not watch Biden because the the, the you know. The average Biden voter is not excited to, to to vote for Joe Biden. They're just they're just over they're just over the the political climate over the last four years. So, I mean, they're probably checked out and they're gonna go and they're gonna go hate watch the Donald Trump debate. And uh, I'm sorry, Town Hall. And I was thinking, you know, are ratings gonna be a good bellwether over who wins the election? They'll try to make it that way. Yeah. Well. Here's here's how I think it will be a bellwether. If I had money right now, I would put money on Donald Trump's town hall getting more ratings because for for the reasons I mentioned, even even Biden voters are going to hate watch it or or people like me who are going to watch and, and and wait for the train wreck. So if Donald Trump trounces Joe Biden's town hall in the ratings, I don't necessarily think that's an indication of the election. But if somehow Joe Biden's town hall gets more ratings, Donald Trump is in trouble because yeah. that means that he's lost his one advantage, and that's 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 voter enthusiasm. So and his showmanship, Pe- people always want to tune in to see the the show. Right. So I, I think I think it's 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 fair to expect Donald Trump's town hall to be viewed more, even if he's down. Even if he's down twenty points in the polls, but if somehow Joe Biden gets more more viewers, I think Donald Trump's in trouble. I, I, you know what? I'm I'm I really don't want to watch either. If I, I maybe I'm I'll not going to watch either. Maybe I'll just watch Netflix. And, and I'm still struggling with this, Kyle. Should I've should I've canceled Netflix over Cuties? I I struggle with this because I really want I I really. I, I really want to take a stand, but I also really want to watch the last season of Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and Cobra Kai's coming out, so maybe after that. There's so many things that I, ethically I should have canceled or stopped purchasing. I remember that used to be a big topic on our show uh, years ago was because that's when really the whole like kind of canceling companies, canceling people, and, and you know voting with your wallet, so to speak, or um, activism with your wallet um, kind of was, was starting to become a, a thing. Um, and I, I just kind of gave up on it. Uh, you know, on Saturday, me and you and, and, and a few other folks, we're going to put on our masks, hopefully be socially distanced enough, and we're going to go to Blake's for a haunted hayride. Right. It, it was over the summer, Blake's held a rally for, I believe, was it Lisa McLean is her name? I always forget her yeah. first name. Yeah, Lisa McLean and then um, Sheriff Duncan, whatever his name is. Yeah, Mike Duncan from uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, who's, who's or, or no, is it? Is Sheriff, that it? No, Mike. Sheriff Duncan. Was that, was, that, was that his name? No, it was, I'll fact check. You Fa- fact check yeah. it, yes. See, again, we don't do show prep. Look what happens. Um well, I don't do show prep. Look what happens. Because I'm the one who brought this up. 
<laughs> but the the old the, the sheriff who always wore the cowboy sheriff hat, sheriff David Clark, David Clark. We had the D correct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> David Clark. Yeah, from who was from Milwaukee, who always wore the damn cowboy hat. Used to ride around downtown Milwaukee on a horse and did all sorts of of dumb uh, stunts to get on Fox News. Right. And then they found out that he had a bunch of fake badges and stuff and fake medals and. Uh, someone accused him of stolen valor, and then eventually he got blown right. the fuck out of office. Right. So those those were the people who were going to be at this um, this um, fundraiser at our beloved haunted hayride spot. Yes, at Blake's. And uh, I remember that day, everybody saying, "I'm not going to Blake's anymore. I'm never going to Blake's again." And I remember everyone, you know, every every girl's Instagram story was, "Oh my God, Blake's is canceled. Dump Blake's. Pour out your cider." Uh, guess what? I'm. I would. They're all going to Blake's too. Well, and you know what? Well, here's the thing. Here, here's what kind of annoyed me, and it's it's funny, Kyle. I made this I made this um, observation to you the other week. I get into more Facebook arguments with conservatives, but I get blocked and defriended by more liberals. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you know, it, it came out that Lisa McLean and 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 Sheriff Fake Badge were out at Blake's. And everyone was saying boycott it. And I'm like, no, look, 2020 is a nightmare's hellscape. I've, I've loved Blake's for years. And just because the president's an asshole and his political allies are assholes doesn't mean I have to deny myself Blake's. And then so what happens is Blake's comes out and says, oh, well, there's a misunderstanding. Anyway, they're not they're not doing the, the rally here. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, that's great. Uh, where can I get some Blake's stuff on, on the west side? You know. You were Bite looking me. for an excuse. You Bite were me. looking for an excuse. I wasn't. Oh, oh, they were. They yes. were. Yes. It's yeah. like, oh, well, you're going to reward Blake's by buying one one half gallon of cider at the Westland uh, Kroger or whatever on the West Side. It's just like, it's like. I mean, I get it, but also it's like, look, my sister. You know, she's in college. She got really. Um, she got really involved in in social justice and stuff she's got she's got a a, a big bleeding heart and, and i i mean that in the best way possible and i just remember she'd come home from college and she's like oh michael you can't eat at taco bell because they're not fair to the people who pick their tomatoes oh you can't and, and so eventually all these places I, I would have to boycott i would have to grow my own food and live off the grid and i i'm just not equipped for that so i just have to make some questionable moral decisions but you know going back to cuties on netflix yeah, kyle i'm very impressionable you, you know this you, you and i've been friends for years I, i'm uh, my opinion changes with the blowing of the breeze so yeah when i first heard about how terrible cuties was i was like Oh, gross. Yeah, as soon as I get back to my uh my house, I'm going to cancel Netflix. And then you start and then you start reading uh, everyone saying, "Well, you know, it's it, there's a message in it. Um, you know, um uh it, it's no difference than kids back in in the 1990s." And like, "Huh." And I said, "Well, I can't really make a judgment either way, and I'm not going to watch Cuties cuz number one, um you know uh, the the topic doesn't interest me and number two 
I don't want someone to go through my Netflix history and see that I watch Cuties. <laughs> um, so I compromised, and I just uh, made a promise that I'll keep Netflix, and I'll never watch Cuties, and that's an easy promise to make. The Cuties controversy was an interesting thing because it, it was a case where, objectively, you could say the subject matter should have made you squirm. Yeah, and I mean it, when I read the when I when I read the descriptions, I was like disgusted. I'm like, what the what what kind of hill is this for Netflix to die on? Uh, right. And it, but it, unfortunately in today's climate, it sends you into a couple weird camps. You get the people who on the right who turn this into a QAnon thing saying that, oh, this is Netflix and Hollywood showing you a secret window into their pedophile lifestyle. Right, the and cabal. Th- and then you get the people on the left saying, oh, well, cuties is nothing to worry about. You're being overly sensitive. It's it's just about children and, and, and don't look too much into it. And how society pressures them into being sexual in early age. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I kind of already know that. Do you need? Do I need to like have a graphic dramatization of it? Right. And how about maybe you just compromise with yourself and say that it's not exactly. It's not something that necessarily had to be made, and then had to be, I guess, packaged and marketed in the context that it was. Right. Because the big, the big controversy was over the poster. Uh, the, fr- uh, the, the 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 French poster, it just showed the girls kind of walking down the street. Yeah, they're fully clothed and yeah. no makeup. I don't think they had makeup on or anything. It yeah. was just yeah. And then the American one, they were all in their dance outfits, like squatting and. So they wanted to get people's attention, right? Well, I mean, what 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 posters is going to get people's attention? For I, right, right or wrong? Well, right and you wrong. know what I was going to say. They say they say no publicity is bad publicity. I th- I think this might or be the the yeah. So, yeah no no you're right yeah no publicity is bad publicity. I think that this is the exception. Yeah, I should have just let you talk there, Mike. What's well, all right? Radio one hundred and one. What's well, okay? I mix my metaphors all the time. So <laughs> well, with that genie uh, in the toothpaste earlier, I you were so, <laughs> you were on alert. I, I was. I was on high alert. I overcompensated. But but I, speaking of overcompensated. People turn this, of course, into a battleground issue, as everything turns into a battleground issue, and the people on the right saying, if you watch this movie, you're a pedophile, cancel Netflix immediately, need to get rid of Netflix, and then people on the left saying, everyone's overreacting, it's no big deal, you know, uh, how about you just not watch it? I guess I lean more towards the, you know, yeah, just not watch it crowd. Yes, um, I, I promise to cancel. Number one, I promise to never watch Cuties, and keep Netflix. Yeah, and number two, I promise to cancel Netflix as soon as I can't find anything I want to watch on it. But it's valid to be like, "Hey, I'm I'm just not going to watch this and not cancel Netflix." But also at the same time, think that okay, maybe the presentation, the marketing, uh, and even the uh, surface level of the subject matter um is 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 a little 
risque mm-hmm. because again, you know, you, you're dealing with children being put in exploitative situations, and it's okay to question that. Now, again, you don't have to turn this into some big fucking, you know, cancel your Netflix. This is this is uh this is the cabal. These are the Hollywood elites that that Donald Trump was trying to warn us about, mm-hmm. and but. On the other end, too, you know, you don't need to to fucking roll your eyes and and say that anyone who has any objection to this film for any reason is an idiot or overly conservative or a pearl clutcher. Have you watched The Social Dilemma yet? No, I haven't. I feel like I don't need to watch it. Like, everyone keeps talking, and it's one of those things that people are like, you have to watch this. It'll open your eyes. I don't know. I I feel like I've always been aware of of how manipulative social media is. I mean, I I know that Facebook has run social experiments where they... they, take a group of people and just filter mostly negative things on their newsfeed and then they take other people and 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 filter positive things and then they they chart the results and but I, I don't know it, like super this is like supersize me I, I I saw supersize me because I was like you gotta watch supersize me it, it just shows you just just how how terrible the fast food industry is and and so you know it just takes you through marketing and and, and how advertising has been manipulative for as long as advertising's been around and Morgan Spurlock's uh, health went to shit because he ate McDonald's three meals a day for for thirty days like I, I <laughs> This this all seems like common sense stuff. I mean, uh, what what's in it? What's on the social dilemma uh, that's that's going to be new to anyone who's already has a healthy skepticism of social media? I like pop documentaries, and I that was a big thing that I did during the COVID layoff. Was I for those six weeks that I didn't work? I I think I watched probably two documentaries almost every night. And I mean, those, you know, I mean, obviously it was it was a time full of uh, fear and confusion. But I also feel like COVID's a sexy and mysterious time. (laughs) There's a lot of people who have uh, very attractive tops of their faces, but not bottoms of their faces. (laughs) That's an interesting, interesting thought. Yeah, Yeah, everybody does kind of look better with a mask on. Um, But I I was going to say, you know, I, I do kind of pine for those days where like you know i knew i had no responsibility the next day so i could just like stay up watching you know these interesting documentaries yeah. and eating uh whatever the hell i got on doordash yeah. and you know i don't know drinking po- polishing off another bottle of vodka but i, I was gonna say it um, was like summer vacation but you're afraid of dying exactly yeah. just as long as you don't leave the house uh <laughs> so so you're anyway. grounded and afraid of dying <laughs> right so anyway um those documentaries, though, one thing I moved away from as far as the whole pop documentary genre was I moved more on from uh, kind of feature subjects to biographies. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I really like the one on that gal, uh, the inventor. Um, God, what was, oh my God, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. What did she? Um, uh, she invented uh, this. Um, Oh God! What the hell? It was sounds this... like a very informative documentary. No, it was very informative. Yeah. It's just I'm having a, a a damn. I wasn't expected to talk about this today, and I'm having a damn uh, mental block, brain cramp. Yeah, because I can't think of of what the hell was uh, the name of. Uh, but it was this blood machine 
that with a drop of blood, it could track all these pre-existing conditions and possible uh, diseases oh, that you could be prone to. this woman's still alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was like, she still might be in court. Yeah, she's 36. Okay, so she, she, uh, she invented a blood machine that could but, tell but you the like whole, whole thing was just just went to shit. I mean, it was it was a terrible invention that really had no backbone to it, and really she was just a, a grifter. Oh. But she went to all these people, Thranos. Uh, that's that's it, Thranos. That's the name of the company. So. I hear they sponsored Firefest. And but that's exactly what it was like because she went to all these people and got all this money including Joe Biden. <laughs> and, and and she got all these old rich white dudes to invest hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars in her company and then her company got valued at over billions of dollars and then the whole thing ended up being a scam. That's the type of stuff that I've come to enjoy watching. Yeah. Or the Fire Festival documentary. Yeah. Those are the good documentaries I like because it's not somebody scolding you. They tell you a story. They tell you a story. Like, exactly. you won't believe this story and this is true. Yes. Yes. And and they tell you a story. There's no scolding. Right. Like like Michael Michael Moore and, and Morgan Spurlock, and I'm sure The Social Dilemma, even though I haven't watched it, those sound... Those those sound kind of scoldy, and I'm not saying that Michael Moore is wrong or Morgan Spurlock was wrong. That's the whole point. Is that you know it's maybe just, at this point it's it's a tired technique. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't tired when they were making these, but but now it is tired. There's not too many people that that type of documentary is going to work one way or the other. Maybe the social dilemma will work because there are a lot of people who I guess do seem obtuse. I I, I go. Back to, to I was talking about the QAnon folks earlier, yeah. and I go back to some of my uh, coworkers thinking about how they would always talk about their anti-mask rants mm-hmm. and say, oh, "This is the way that the government is going to track us," and or the- or this is the way for the government to know who's going to be compliant. Oh, you mean like putting all your information on a website, right? With pictures of you and your family, when you were born. All the stuff uh, your mom told you not to put up back when internet was 56K in the mid-90s. Yeah, all the cities you've lived in, all the places you've worked. And now your mom is putting that stuff up too. Oh, uh, and she's even worse than you ever were. And, and yeah, and then you're posting all your thoughts. Yeah. I know. That's- Have you heard of this website, Mike? No. Oh wait! It's where you're getting all. It's it's where all these people are getting all their information from. Right. That's that's the incredible thing to me is that Facebook and YouTube push so much conspiracy theory information about the government trying to control and track you through this pandemic or through whatever else. While at the same time, they're harvesting your information. It's the ultimate grift. Right. And none of these people can see through it. So maybe for those people, the social dilemma. Is a good documentary to watch, but really, Mike, this this is something that I've been aware of for a long time. I was one of the first people. I feel like I'm sure I wasn't, but I feel like I was, who caught on to the to the fact that your phone listens to you, right? And I remember reading articles, uh, myth busting it, saying, "No, your phone is not listening to you." It just so happens that that's your interest, and you're typing it in in your Google search, and you're forgetting about it. Right. That's all it is, you dumbass. Well, no. 
Your phone is blatantly listening. Like my favorite is when I'm watching a TV show and then like something that they're talking about in the TV show, I start getting ads for. Sometimes if uh, Chelsea from upstairs and I can't figure out a place uh, that we want to go for dinner, I just go, telephone, where should we go for dinner? And then I wait 15 minutes and scroll through my feeds. Wow. Yeah. It's actually a good trick. It's, it's always big boy. So... <laughs> So way to make technology work for you. <laughs> Big boy needs the business, Mike. You might be the only person keeping them alive. Oh, my God. The I only got... person under 60, at least. Well, you know what? That's good because when I go out to eat, I like to see what the elderly are eating because I feel like that's the, that's the secret to longevity. You two have you, – you and the elderly have the same palate. That's true. Well, you and I have, you and I have spoken about this. You know, you are a man of nuance, okay? Oh, yes. When you – when you bake something, you want uh, what? What is it? Fats, acids, sugars, salts, or whatever. Yeah. You want you you need like this spice to um, uh, complement this seasoning. And me, I just want one flavor and douse. So like that's why you <laughs> like you like chicken and waffles because you like the delicate balance of of the sweet syrup and waffles with the saltiness of chicken. Me, I either just want the chicken and douse it in barbecue sauce and that's all i taste or just just the waffles and douse it all there it doesn't make sense to me yeah together it short circuits my brain (laughs) it's it's some people's palates i have no idea how some people's palates develop and then it don't develop and and i don't mean that in a derogatory way i just mean that just well and let me how, how some people could have such dramatically different tastes let me tell you I love eating dinner between 4.30 and 5. I love it. You keep falling further into that big boy demographic. Well, here's the thing. I get the heartburn, you know, so I need a good couple hours for it to to, to digest. If I eat, 7 o'clock's pushing it. If I eat after 7.30... I am I am up all night and I and I'm afraid of dying by choking on my own gird. It's it's bad. <laughs> Mike, let me tell you how different uh, our lifestyles have come to be. There are a lot of nights uh, this this past Saturday included. I think I've actually scolded you one time because you were having a barbecue where you're feeding us for free, and I said it's not going to be ready till after eight. I can't eat that late, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um I was I was uh I was thinking about like this past Saturday was another example, but I was thinking about that and all the other times where I will do the drinking and then late night eating thing. Because that I, it, I, I used to love it back when my body could accommodate it. I used it, to love it. And it's the absolute worst thing for you. Like you could you could like seriously, if I could just drink well, like, obviously drinking is, is bad for you. Right. Okay, I'm not going to play that up. But you don't I'm just need a Netflix like, documentary to tell you that. Although I'm sure there's one out there that will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if but if I just could cut out the, the craving to get late-night greasy food, get that late-night Taco Bell, that late-night White Castle, that late-night pizza, what have you, I would be in such better shape because there is nothing worse than when you wake up at 7 a.m. the next day when it's a Sunday, so you were attending on sleeping in. You wake up at 7 a.m. not because of your body clock, not because you have something to do, but because your heartburn is so bad, you wake up feeling like you're about to die. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of people when they think of their quote unquote younger, uh, wilder, early years, they um, think of going out to the bar and uh, and boozing. Me, I think of when we used to go to uh, late night Ramshorn and I could eat a whole uh, country boy breakfast at 2 a.m. And, and sleep soundly through the night, mm. waking up feeling like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. Late night Coney Island. That that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I could go for that right now. Yeah. So that's where my life is right now. Uh, Kyle, I did want to ask you, um, I, I, I forgot, I completely forgot it was Colum- Columbus Day uh, except for the fact that um, Donald Trump put out some some weird edict about how um, people shouldn't talk about the bad things about Christopher Columbus, only the good things. You should have watched the documentary. You would have remembered. Well, <laughs> I got to ask you, as a proud, hairy-chested Italian and a bleeding-heart liberal, where did your loyalties lie on Columbus Day? Well, um... It's funny because I, th- I think this rolls nicely out of our last topic right into this topic because it's, again, on the list of things that people should just know by now so you don't need to be scolded over it. Um, obviously, Columbus was an asshole. Columbus was a fraud. And the crimes that Columbus committed, he was charged for and stripped of his dignities back when he was still living. Mm-hmm. How the hell he got propagated as this, uh, as this this a great explorer and this this almost deity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, centuries after his death, uh, I don't, or centuries, excuse me, uh, hundreds of years after his death. That's centuries. I'm having a rough night. It's okay. I am. I I, I you know why. It's because I was up uh, at the Country Boy until 4 a.m. last night. I ate, you know, and then I woke up with the heartburn at seven. Man, didn't get enough sleep. See, I st- I still wish I could I could run the Country Boys with you like I like I used to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, centuries, millennia, decades—they're all the same thing. Wasn't it? Wasn't some Italian American lobby who wanted like their own St. Patrick's Day? So that's how Columbus Day became a thing. I honestly don't know, but I can tell you that he got, you know, misidentified uh, as as really the person who was the great discoverer of America and and obviously misnamed everything, fucked up, thought it was the, in, you know, thought it was, right. you know, he was in India. And Call like, Native Americans Indians. Like, and, and the thing that kills me is that, like, now in 2020, everybody should know this. But the problem was, was that I didn't really start learning about this until I was in high school. And you think about, like, you go through elementary school and just nobody questions the the fact that we call Native Americans Indians. Right. But there's a whole other large country with billions of people called Indians. Right. I, like, no one ever asks you to challenge that or question that, or no one even bothers to explain it. Actually, you know what? I do have to give my second grade teacher credit because she made sure we called them Native Americans, and she told us for that reason. Well, but, I, oh, but she's the exception, not the rule. Well, I grew up in Warren. And you know how they roll in Warren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they're the ones who flipped red for Donald Trump in uh, 2016. Oh, yeah. So and shout out to Mrs. Bright, 
second grade here on elementary school. You were woke before your time. But I, I, at the same time, though, we, I, I, there's no reason why today anybody should have to scold you into thinking that Columbus is anything other than uh, a fraud. And, and that's kind of also where my other problem with this lies is the people on the other end of the spectrum who uh, go ahead with the whole, oh, well, did you know that Christopher Columbus enslaved and killed thousands of people? I, I think a lot of us go through this stage. I think a lot of us go through the stage when we f- when we find out the horrible truth and that the history we've been taught has been sanitized and whitewashed. Uh, you're awakening. And so when you find out the terrible truth, it's it's sort of like people who become born again religious and they go from like partying, um, eating at the country boy at 4 a.m. to being like super pious. I think that's what happens with, with people who find out the terrible truth about everything they've been taught it's like oh i have to make up for how ignorant i was i've got to tell everyone so you know for a couple years for a couple years they're that annoying person who has to who has to um correct educate and lecture you ever at at every opportunity uh yeah and i've gone through that i i have a friend um who he still might listen to the show uh but I don't think he does anymore, but I'll still go ahead and, 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 and talk about him anyway. But he's a perfect example of that where he was a born-again Christian into his late 20s. And then he just kind of completely shut his faith altogether, became an atheist, and then would not shut up about being an atheist and, and would not stop talking to you about, you know, oh, well, Richard Dawkins said this, and then mm-hmm. and then he'd, he started listening to Joe Rogan for a little bit and was, <laughs> was trying to, like, show me all these Joe Rogan clips. And, uh, you know, he was vegan. Uh, well, he still is vegan, but he's he's not as loud about being vegan as he was for a long time. Uh, you know, so it's it's like he's in his 30s, and it's like now you got somebody in your 30s. I'm just saying... I'm okay, I, maybe he. I think he's the exception to the rule because I know his heart's in the right place, but he's he's kind of at a, a place because of his upbringing where he's at a place where most people are when they're 17, 18, 19, 20. What I can't stand is that when you have people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, what have you, um, who have known this stuff for a while and they think that they're the smartest person in the room because right. they bring up that Christopher Columbus was an asshole. Right. I, I mean, here, here's the thing. Just just assume that there's a dark side to every story that you know. And and, and I think a lot of it is, is a coping mechanism. It's kind of jarring. It's kind of jarring when you, you kind of find out that everything you've been taught isn't the entire truth. And like you, like you said, Kyle, a lot of us kind of go through it uh, in our angsty late teens and early twenties. Kind of like the kid, um, like like the the kid in uh, high school who didn't start drinking until like last semester of high school, and then they just go nuts because they're making up for lost time. Yeah, and and I want to point out something that was uh, tweeted out by the great uh, Twitter page Italian Americans for Biden. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> That's one powerful lobby. Oh, it is. It is. 
uh, even though they get about as much Twitter engagement as I do, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, so yesterday, uh, Governor Cuomo unveiled uh, the Mother Cabrini statue in New York City, the patron saint of immigrants. May this monument serve to remind us the values that make us great. Compassion, acceptance, community, freedom, faith, hope, and love. So that's great. So Nothing got, wrong with that. We have Governor Cuomo, an Italian, uh, introducing a, a statue call, of a patron saint, Mother Cabrini. Some people are calling him Daddy Cuomo now. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> okay. Get all weirded out about yeah. that guy and whatever's going on with his nipples. But... Uh, uh, yeah, you know, but, the way he took charge of the COVID situation is erotic for a lot of people. Have you heard of the Cuomosexuals? Yes, I've heard of the Cuomosexuals. Yeah. I don't really want to. I just, I just want to know, man. If those nipples are really pierced, why? <laughs> What's going on there? Because he likes to party. My question is, why don't you wear a thicker undershirt? Because uh, he he want I think he wants us to notice the nipples. Yeah, that's the problem. That's probably his seduction technique. Oh. Anyway, back to oh. back to this um this blessed tribute to to immigrants. Well, no, I was just going to say there is an Italian, an Italian public figure, introducing a statue of Mother Cabrini, patron saint of immigrants. I think that is a great way. To right some of the wrong of, of so many of these Italian Americans. Swap out Columbus for Cabrini. I think that would be great. Or Indigenous People's Day. Sure. I'm a fan of that too. Um, well, in my heart, it's always Indigenous People Day. So, <laughs> well, I don't need I, a, I don't I, <laughs> I don't need a holiday, Kyle, to show how much I love Indigenous people, Kyle. They, it should be all year, Kyle. Well, they really do deserve at least one federal holiday. I would say at least one. Yeah, uh, it's the least we could do. Yeah, I mean maybe you could say Thanksgiving, but I think even that gets into some murky territory yeah. itself. Thanksgiving Ce- is another one. Celebrate celebrating where they helped us through the long winter before we stole their land. Yeah, and slaughtered them. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I'll never boycott Thanksgiving because I love Thanksgiving. No, I love Thanksgiving too, and I was just going to say that's another one that that every once in a while you'll get the woke scold who's like you know 30 years old okay i guess if listen if you're 17 and you're just having this awakening like yeah. we were talking about and you, you want to do your little thanksgiving protest i actually watched an episode of king of the hill this morning where bobby hill protested thanksgiving my my it was a great episode my bleeding heart sister one year was asked to give the blessing at thanksgiving oh no and, and she asked <laughs> god to forgive us for all the Indians killed, or I'm sorry, Native Americans killed at the hands of the white man, which she wasn't wrong. No, I actually think that's that's a fine. Yeah, but I I would be fine with that blessing. I've heard worse. I'll tell you what, I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders as I was gorging myself with mashed potatoes. <laughs> but but that's the thing, you'll get you'll always get these people who are like, well, t- did you know the real truth behind Thanksgiving? No. I don't, and I don't care because I'm too busy eating and yeah. watching football. Yeah, they ate eel pie. Gross. <laughs> so No, you're right, no, Kyle. The pilgrims didn't actually dress that way. Yeah, right. You know what? The best documentary on Thanksgiving is the uh, summer camp play from Adam's Family Values. Really? Yeah, watch I, that. I haven't watched Adam's Family Values in probably 25 years. Well, watch it. You'll be educated. Okay, Kyle. Well, we got to go. So thanks for listening, Pauls. Bye.